Welcome to Grace and Glory, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his Bible series on the book of Hebrews, with the message entitled, How to Experience Happiness. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. Now here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we know that your presence is here. Your Holy Spirit is in the midst of us. And it is our privilege to be in your presence. You have come to help us, to heal us, to receive our worship, to speak to us your word of peace and comfort, your word of forgiveness, your word of rest. Lord, may we not gather together for the worse. Help us, O Lord, to gather together for the better, that we may be built up in the most holy faith, that we may enter into peace and rest, that you have accomplished for us which is applied to every heart by the Spirit of the Living God. Therefore, O God, speak to us. We discipline our mind. We focus our attention upon you. We open your scripture. Teach us, O God. Teach us your ways that we may love your ways. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What is happiness? Happiness is the saint's everlasting rest. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through chapter 4, the idea of rest appears 11 times. It therefore is the central message of this portion of scripture. According to Professor Leon Morris, this rest is a place of blessing where there is no more striving but only relaxation in the presence of God and in the certainty that there is no cause to fear. Saint Augustine in his confessions spoke of this peace and rest. And he confesses, Lord God grant us peace, the peace of rest, the peace of the Sabbath, the peace without an evening. All this beautiful array of things also very good will pass away when all their courses are finished for in them there is both morning and evening but the seventh day of rest is without an ending and it has no setting for thou hast sanctified it with an everlasting duration all this thou hast done 
that we may find our rest in thee in the sabbath of life eternal and john newton in his hymn wrote this safely through another week god has brought us on our way let us now a blessing seek waiting in his courts today day of all the week the best emblem of eternal rest i want to speak to you first that the gospel reveals to us rest the everlasting restlessness due to our sin is the bad news but god has sold this bad news and he has good news for us achieved by his son jesus christ and i say anticipated this and he says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace who bring good tidings who proclaim salvation who said to zion your god reigns and then he says in verse 8 of isaiah 52 burst into songs of joy together you ruins of jerusalem for the lord has comforted his people he has redeemed jerusalem the angel brought this gospel to the despised shepherds as we heard last time do not be afraid i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is christ the lord and isaiah said this the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed now listen to jesus who calls all the sin weary people to everlasting rest come unto me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest the eternal torment and weariness of the sinner can be exchanged for the saints everlasting comfort this is what the gospel declares this is what the bible declares for the whole bible is the gospel of our lord jesus christ this gospel of eternal joy and peace was also preached to the people of god in the wilderness now let's take a look at that particular truth chapter 4 verse 2 for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did and verse 6 it still remains that some will enter that rest 
And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. The gospel. Look at chapter 3 and verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says. The Holy Spirit is declaring the gospel. And we are told in the book of Revelation 2 and 3. Seven times he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. The Spirit is the preacher. And what does he preach? He preaches the gospel. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through the scripture, the gospel. The people of the world who have no peace, the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. In the scripture, through the parents, through pastors, and through every believer, the Holy Spirit is speaking the gospel of God's everlasting rest. And what did the vast majority of people in the wilderness do with the message of the gospel? And chapter 3 and 4 tells us what they did with it. And I say to you, what are you doing? Children, teenagers, young people, adults, old people, what are you doing with what the Holy Spirit is speaking through the parents? through the pastors, and through every believer. What did they do? Let me tell you. They provoked God. Chapter 3, verse 8. They went astray from the way of God. Chapter 3, verse 10. They turned away from the living God. Chapter 3, verse 12. Turned away from the living God to worship and serve idols and we are told they hardened their hearts to the message of salvation they exchanged the truth of the gospel for the lie of the devil they rejected God and his gospel in spite of their experience of God's goodness in delivering them from Egyptian bondage delivering them from the Red Sea, providing them water from the rock, providing them supernatural food of manna daily. God protected them from all the enemies, and God guided them by his own presence. And they also saw God's deeds of judgment, and we are told they saw carcasses lying in the desert bodies of thousands of unbelievers killed by sword and plague and fire of divine judgment yet they continued sir I am speaking to you about their response to the gospel which they heard yet they continued to provoke God revolt against God. They discovered in this true and living God, this gracious saving God, they discovered their enemy. They deliberately chose eternal restlessness 
nor the everlasting rest of the same. And so we are told they became sinful, unbelieving, and disobedient to God. And we are told that they tested God. God was testing them and he has the right to test us. Abraham was tested by God, we are told, and he tests us all. It is his right to test and see whether we truly walk in the way of God. But they tested God and we are told they did not mix the gospel they heard with saving faith. They mocked the voice of the Holy Ghost and turned a deaf ear to it. Sir, open the Bible, look at chapter 3 verse 10 where God justifies his righteous anger by which he destroyed them. When he didn't have to justify, here he does justify. That is why I was angry with that generation and I said, their hearts, this is spiritual and divine diagnosis. Very correct diagnosis of human condition. Their hearts are always going astray. And they have not known my ways. God was angry with these unbelievers. Let me tell you, sir, God is angry with sinners every day. It is time that we understood that the true God of the Bible is angry at sin and sinner. Unless he repents believes and obeys and worship him. We are told by St. Paul in Romans 1, the wrath of God is revealed against all godlessness and wickedness of men. And sir, let me tell you, it is not wickedness that he sends to hell. God sends wicked people to hell to everlasting restlessness and torment. Wicked people have a problem. I just told you. Chapter 3 verse 10. And verse 11 it says. So I declared on oath in my anger. They shall never enter into my rest. So take a look at verse 10 and 11 one more time. First their hearts. The problem is not circumstantial. It is internal. It is endemic to our nature. Their hearts means their intellect, their will, and their affection have become twisted and crooked. And we are told heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart knower is God. No one knows human heart. The psychiatrist and psychologist can do all they want to do. But let me guarantee that they will not know human heart. It is the Lord who knows human heart and reveals the nature of our twistedness in the Holy Scriptures. And it is in this church we proclaim that gospel. In this region, and count it a privilege that you can come where the gospel is declared without fear and shame. 
because we believe that it is the very word of God. And Jesus Christ said, out of the heart comes all evil. And we read recently, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart is only evil all the time. The heart is so twisted. It believes lie and refuse to believe truth. Turn with me to the book, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 10 and 12, a profound revelation, the nature of human depravity. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Man, twisted man, exchanges truth for a lie. He will not do the will of God. He wills not the will of God. He says, I am and my will be done. His affections are devoted to evil. He loves wickedness from the depth of his being. This is the problem of atheists like Richard Dawkins. You have an insert, you can read it. And so-called Christians who refuse to obey God and elevate that to a high theology, saying you can have faith of disobedience. That is faith characterized by disobedience to enter into the family of God. Richard Dawkins, I heard him recently, great scientist, he said that it is child abuse to preach the gospel to children and the government should step in and stop it and I believe the time is coming not only spanking will be illegitimate and illegal but teaching the gospel will be seen as child abuse their hearts that's a problem and take a look at chapter 3 and verse 10. Always, always, it is going astray in the morning and noon at night. It's going astray at age 1 and age 88. It's going astray, away from the straight and narrow, away from that which is right and straight, away from that path that leads you to the everlasting comfort of the same. Always going astray, number three, from the living God and his narrow way that leads to the saints' everlasting comfort. Sir, they prefer the broad way of human will and desires. And they call you names when you speak about the will of God. When you speak about sin and repentance and judgment to come. 
Take a look at chapter 3, verse 11. So I declared God's declaration means what? It is authoritative. What he declares shall happen. He declares that they shall never enter into rest, but they shall enter into his everlasting restlessness. But if that is not enough, if, if his declaration is not enough, he says, God swore, made an oath. And you read about this in Numbers 14, 21 and following, that God swore that these people will never enter Canaan, and they did not. He declared and then made it more certain by an oath. And turn to me the Gospel of Luke, 14th chapter. We are familiar with that chapter, at least beginning with verse 25 and following, but turn to verse 24. Here is a great feast prepared, and people are invited, and they refuse to come. Now listen to what he says in verse 24. <clears throat> I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. That is saints' everlasting comfort. That is heaven. That is salvation. That is uh, sheer happiness. There is an oath that they will not enter in. But this chapter also says in this book, turn with me to chapter 6. Let me read from verse 16 and 17 and so on, where God promises to save you. And then he swore to make you and me to be so convinced that God is faithful and God can be trusted see he swears in terms of judgment and he swears also in terms of salvation here then 6 and verse 16 Hebrews men swear by someone greater than themselves and the author confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear notice to the heirs of what was promised he confirmed it with an oath God did so so that by two unchangeable things promise and oath in which it is impossible for God to lie we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be what greatly encouraged you don't want to believe in him you want to turn away from him you want to seek your own will God promises, declares to judge you, and then adds an oath that it will be done so. And those who believe in him and trust in him, there is the promise and an oath that you will be saved. He will see to it that you will enter into that everlasting rest, that eternal happiness for you. And notice it says, never enter into rest. Never, never, never enter my rest. Rest God has accomplished.
for us by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross he was accomplishing rest for us on the cross he died that we may not die he died that we may live with God forever sir there are two destinies eternal restlessness and eternal comfort turn with me to what Jesus said Luke chapter 16 remember the the rich unbeliever and the poor believer Lazarus they lived and they died and one find himself in heaven and one in hell now let me read to you from verse 16:25 of Luke But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now, notice, he is what? Comforted here. And you there in agony, restlessness, and rest. You can laugh at it, join with Richard Dawkins and all other atheists, if you want to. but he declared and he gave an oath to judge and to save turn with me to the book of revelation chapter 22 beginning with verse 14 blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city the city of god to enjoy eternal life but notice verse 15 very certain outside are the dogs those who practice magic arts the sexually immoral the murderers and so on the writer to the hebrews is speaking about the story of those who had heard the gospel but i think it is applicable to those who are brought up in the church to despise and to reject the gospel and i have seen it happening they heard the gospel they are going to dedicate some children including my granddaughter and we pray that they all will be saved and i have dedicated a lot of children but a good number of them are doing evil just like the people in the wilderness Sir, this is the story of those who had heard the gospel but refused to believe, and they died and entered into everlasting restlessness. They are now in torment. So we spoke about the gospel, which brings this comfort to you, and we observe the response of people to that gospel. And now the point number 3 is the promise of this eternal rest still stands for us who are living the writer is not emphasizing the restlessness of the dead that's not the emphasis here he has a positive message for the living
for us who are not dead but are still living. And we are told God's promise of eternal rest still stands for those who, unlike the wilderness people, believe and obey God. So turn with me to chapter 4 of Hebrews verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. And look at chapter 4 verse 3. Now we who have believed enter that rest. And number verse 6. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest. Meaning unending. The seventh day was not described as having morning and evening if you read carefully it is speaking about the endless rest Sabbath rest there remains then a Sabbath rest for whom for the people of God I pray that you will make sure that you are people of God and we enter into it now by faith in the gospel proclaimed and we enter into it for greater enjoyment at the moment of your death I spoke here last night well cancer and heart attack and stroke and we will pray that you all will be healed so you can labor more for the Lord but don't be discouraged if your prayer is not heard that God is calling you. It is a promotion, sir, Amen. that you may experience the everlasting rest. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 14 and verse 13. And this is the epitaph we put on our parents' tomb. And I heard a voice from heaven say, Right. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. So I hope we will come to understand. And by the help of the Holy Spirit to say, to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That to depart is to be with Christ. And finally, say, blessed are those who die in the Lord. Yes, says the Holy Spirit, they will rest from their labor and from their sufferings. Don't tell me about the greatness of this life. It is still mixed with suffering and misery. And we read Luke 16 and verse 25. Lazarus is comforted. We experience, we will experience rest in its highest degree when? When Christ returns in the new heaven and in the new earth. So let me read to you again Revelation 21. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They'll be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has completely passed away those who died in unbelief did not enter this rest read verse 15 of chapter 3 and chapter 4 verse 7 these were people of God who came out of Egypt who experienced God's grace and mercy and who saw God's judgment and yet refused to believe, revolted against him, became enemies of the true living God, and preferred the way of the devil and the way of death. And we are told they did not enter in because God declared and he saw that they will not enter in. Sir, their opportunity is gone forever, but we have an opportunity to hear the gospel, believe the gospel, and obey the gospel, and enter into this rest. So, look at chapter 3, verse 7, and 15, and chapter 4, verse 7, a repetition of a verse from Psalm 95. Today, if you hear his voice, do not behave like those people. Do not harden your heart as in the day of provocation. I said the emphasis is positive. The emphasis is on the rest that remains for the people of God. The emphasis for us and say today, today if you hear his voice, sir, don't look down upon me. It is the voice of the Spirit of God that you should pay attention to. Children, the parents are speaking by the Spirit of God. And your brother, your sister, your elder is speaking to you. It is the voice of the Spirit of God. Today is the day of opportunity. Today is the day of gospel proclamation. And it is through the gospel that comfort and salvation and peace and hope and joy is coming to you, sir. Today is the day when the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Today you are here assembled where gospel is preached clearly by a preacher. Today will continue for others till Christ comes again. But your today shall end with your imminent death. But let me say something else. To many people, today ended, though they still live and breathe and go about, because the Holy Spirit does not always speak 
to us. They only experience the Spirit's silence. Saul wanted to hear. The voice of Samuel did not hear. You will long to hear the voice of a preacher, the voice of your dead mother and your dead father. If only they could speak to you. But there will be silence, stillness. Because though you are living, the opportunity, your today is gone. But thank God, you are here. You are hearing. Do not harden your heart. Do not be deceived by sin and the riches of this world. We are told about deceitfulness of sin and deceitfulness of riches. Pray to God to give you a soft heart. The heart of flesh. Cry out to God to give you the gift of godly repentance and the gift of obedient faith. Come to Jesus, who by his death and resurrection accomplished redemption for everyone who comes to him. His Holy Spirit, the Comforter, shall apply this salvation to you. And you shall truly enter into God's endless rest. The text says, we who believed enter the rest of forgiveness of all your sins, the rest of justification. God declares you righteous, qualifying you to stand before him and not be consumed by his anger. Rest of adoption that you can call him Abba Father and he hears your prayers and responds to your cry. The rest of glorification that the presence of sin itself will be removed and you'll be given a glorious body like unto his body to dwell with him forever. Rest of eternal fellowship with God which can be described as blessing rest of the beatific vision sir pleasures of sin is for a season but pleasures of salvation from sin is eternal unbelief in the proclaimed gospel proposition is the greatest sin unbelieving teenager all people, educated person, atheist, mocks the living God and calls him a liar and untrustworthy. God is angry at every unbeliever. Be like the Philippian jailer who cried out in the middle of the night in utter panic, what must I do to be saved? And the Holy Spirit spoke through St. Paul. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on him who died for your sins and was raised for your justification. Trust him and be saved. Saved now and saved forever. That's what happened. And finally, number four, I want to help you by speaking 
about seven imperatives in this passage directed at us. Not seven suggestions, but imperatives, divine demand. And if you are a believer, then you will pay attention. Let me ask you, do you want to be happy? Eternally happy? A happiness that transcends the happiness of everything you know in this world. I'm speaking about a happiness that is infinitely larger and greater than all the happiness you can put together on a piece of paper. Do you want to be happy, eternally happy? You are created to enjoy this happiness. And we are told that God came in the cool of the day to fellowship with Adam and Eve. That is what happiness is all about. Happy, let me tell you, in the face of death itself. First, chapter 4, verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort. Strive, in other words. The Greek word means make haste, spare no effort, labor, run, be in earnest, concentrate all your energies to achieve the goal of eternal rest. And turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Let me read to you from St. Paul, verse 13 and 14. Of chapter 3 of Philippians brothers I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus it's not some silly superficial attention given to religious matters that will not help you Mary heard the gospel from the mouth of the angel and we are told she went in haste to see Elizabeth. That's the word. And the shepherds heard the gospel and they went in haste to see this baby, the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. Number two, chapter four, verse one, it says, let us fear. Let us fear. John Newton said, it is grace that taught my heart to fear. Sir, if you are touched by grace, you will fear God and will be eager to do the will of God. It is grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Let us fear, not people, not death. Fear God. By doing eagerly his will, fear of God is godliness. Fear of God keeps us from sinning. And go home and read chapter 10, verse 26 and 27, and verse 31, and chapter 12, verse 21. My mother told me it is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. Mother told me, our, our God is a consuming fire. Do you fear him, sir? Or, he, or God is a figment of human imagination that you toy with once in a while. Number three, chapter three, verse 12 in the Greek, be watchful. 
don't be careless in your life in your decision making in your going and in your coming sir watch yourselves and watch each other we are our brother's keeper and that's what we do not it is not enough to watch yourself watch your brother and see whether he is walking with you in the straight and narrow to arrive at the sphere called everlasting rest see to it that not a single person of our family our cell group our church perish and become apostate through a sinful and unbelieving heart keep an eye on each other number 4 chapter 3 verse 13 encourage it has the meaning put strength into the weak person that he may be strengthened to walk with you each one put strength into the weak know each other's situation as we know each other's situation as members of one family encouraged not by human psychology not by politics but by the word of god the antidote to falling away is encouragement of people It says encourage yourselves not encourage one another that's not the right trans encourage encourage yourselves where yourselves is seen as a unity as a family encourage yourselves exhort yourself admonish yourself how by the word of god nothing else will encourage anybody it is the word of god that will encourage people you go home and read colossians 3:16 romans 15 1 corinthians 10 and 2 timothy 3:16 all scripture is god breathed and is profitable for teaching for rebuke for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be thoroughly furnished for all good work my word is spirit and my word is life sir and when i preach the word from the pulpit i am encouraging you and the weak shall say i am strong hallelujah and we are told it is the responsibility of every person and we are told to encourage one another daily sir have some kind of connection with believers call them on the phone send email do something so that you will be encouraged by somebody and then we are told do this till death a lot of people don't like any kind of serious relational life they want to be free to do their thing and walk on the broadway and look at chapter Three, it says, "What's the purpose of it all? That none falls away, that all may come to rest, that everyone may persevere to the end." Let me read to you, chapter three, verse fourteen. Take a look at this. We have come to share in Christ. We are Christians. That's an indicative. We have come to share in Christ. If we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first and look at chapter 3 verse 6 but christ is faithful as a son over god's house and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast i don't believe in eternal security of a certain type that i once believed 
Therefore I say, I don't believe it, sir, if you don't understand what I believe. I believe in the security of every person who perseveres to the very end. And he will have security. And we keep an eye on Lord's wife and Demas. They did not persevere. But you ask, how can I persevere to the very end? Well, take a look at chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews and verse 21. The answer is, God will help you. Chapter 13, 20 and 21, make the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. He performed the greatest miracle. Equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me tell you, if you are born of God, you will persevere to the very end. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for he works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And five, six and seven imperatives is simply one. Harden not your heart. See, you are hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost as I preach to you. What is it? Do not harden. In other words, believe. Keep a soft heart by repentance, prayer, reading of the word, fellowship with God's people, worship, and so on. Encourage when you are dating. Encourage husband and wife. Encourage when you have family devotion. Encourage in cell group. Encourage in the church. Encourage, encourage for the purpose that no one will fall away, but everyone will enter into this everlasting rest shall we rise and I want to say these things to you do not harden your heart <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is speaking number one Jesus achieved rest for us and he calls the weary one to come to him and enjoy it the cross of Christ is our comfort number two they did not enter th though they heard the gospel because their unbelief and if you are brought up in Christian home be careful that you will not despise the gospel number three the promise of rest still remains for us if we believe the gospel preached to us number four strive to enter God's rest today for our today will have an end. Number five, God's heaven of rest shall not be empty. There some will enter that rest. Your belief and obedience will prove that you have eternal, you have entered, and so you are the chosen of God. Some will enter, sir. Will you enter? Number six, sin and the riches of this world deceive you and keep you from God's eternal happiness. So repent and turn to God. Now is the day of salvation. Number seven, do not make excuses and miss out on this eternal feast. I got married. I bought five oxen. I got a field. You are a materialist. And you rejected this great offer. 
of the feast. Number eight, belong to a church and a small group to ensure your daily progress to the heavenly city of eternal happiness. Detest the Lone Ranger Syndrome because it is demonic. Let me read to you what F. F. Bruce, a great theologian, said. In a fellowship which exercised a watchful and unremitting care for its members, the temptation to prefer the easy course to the right one would be greatly weakened and the united resolution would be correspondingly strengthened. Number nine, Holy Spirit is speaking. None can ignore his voice with impunity. His word saves and his word also destroys. How can we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Number 10. Let us join the throng of God's saints who are right now marching to Zion, singing God's praise for the saints' everlasting comfort and rest. Heavenly Father, help us all to believe and enter your everlasting rest. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Grace and Glory and the Bible series on the book of Hebrews. Please tune in again next week for more dynamic Bible teaching with Pastor P.G. Matthew.